0: Haley, we have to throw this to you because you're the show person. No offense, Drew. Not that we don't care what you think about shows, but I care what Haley thinks more. <laughs> so what, Drew, let's
1: go Let's go get a drink in Hyperspace Lounge. We'll be back <laughs> in about 10 get, minutes. You, you guys, guys go to Hooks
0: yeah. and get an old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah. Go, make, <laughs> go make yourselves an old-fashioned. <laughs>
1: everybody to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path, Unwinding Travel. And Sam, when we started this show, you know, one of the goals was to make some new friends and we've made a lot of new friends. We made a lot of new friends, but we have two of those friends joining us this evening and we are so excited to chat with them. So Haley, Drew, welcome back to the show. Haley, welcome back to the show from long, long ago, I suppose. Uh, Welcome back, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Glad to be back.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I made a brief (laughs) cameo on your uh, trip recap from the the Norwegian Fjord sailing, but it has been a while.
1: Well, we're here to talk about your recent sailing, like very recent sailing on the Disney Wish. And we're so excited because we love to have folks on who have sailed the other ships and then go on the Wish. We also, spoiler alert, love to have people who've never sailed Disney who are going on the Wish for the first time. We just love to talk about all the ships in the Disney fleet. So excited to get Drew and Haley's take on the Wish. But before we dive in, You want to remind folks about your Disney Street creds, your Disney Cruise Line creds? Uh, Maybe we'll toss that to Haley.
2: So Disney Cruise Line, our first cruise was um, our first cruise ever. um, And we've only sailed Disney. So our first one was September 2018 on the Fantasy. We did a seven night uh, Western Caribbean and caught the bug and sailed January 2020, the Wonder Southern Caribbean. And then the Magic in September 2021 in the Norwegian Fjords with none other than the DCL Duo. 2022. Oh my gosh. You're right. COVID, it's hard, you know? Okay, so, and then we did um, The Wish and we were on The Wish uh, last weekend. So MLK weekend. So for all four ships so far.
1: So which one are you missing?
0: We're missing the dream. The dream, yeah, which they're going to be going on. Uh Drew, why don't you tell our audience what what just happened? Because you were, you were not supposed to be going on the dream this summer in Europe. You were supposed to be going on a different ship.
3: Yes, we were all set to sail on the Symphony of the Seas, um, going out of Barcelona and try out Royal Caribbean, uh, get a little bit of a different perspective. We had gotten a, a really good rate through our travel agent. And so we were all set to try it out. And then last night, we were looking... Looking at booking flights and things, and found like, wow, the flights to Barcelona from Charlotte, where we live, are really expensive. So we started looking into alternative cities we could fly into. Found we could fly into London for almost $1,400 less if we flew in a week before. So we decided to do that. And by doing that, we took a look back at our cruise options and discovered that Disney was running a really good deal right now where we could get 35% off of VGT on the Dream, also sailing out of Barcelona. And so we decided we to hop on that deal. We emailed our travel agent to make sure we could get our money back from our Royal Cruise. She said that everything was fine. So we were like, let's book it. And the rest is history.
1: Well, so let's talk about this cruise a little bit. So you decided to go on The Wish. There was lots of uh, mixed reviews out there about The Wish. So I'm excited to, uh, to chat with you about that. But what kind of cabin did you get on board?
2: So we actually uh, got an ocean view stateroom for the first time and it was forward facing. So our view was straight out the front of the ship and um, our room number was 8,000 which a lot of the cast members didn't believe us when we said that was our room number. They were all like, oh. And there was a guy um, at guest services who was so excited about our stateroom number that he went and got us commemorative buttons. He had, like magical memories or something because he was... I'm
3: celebrating room 8,000 or whatever, you know? Like.
2: <laughs> it was like, well, we just looked at the stateroom map and picked it because it was kind of in the middle. I would say that the view was really cool. The curtains are Velcroed, so you can like Velcro them shut. So I was a little bit worried about that because coming from an inside stateroom, it's like perfect darkness when you're sleeping in those. But um, yeah, so it was a great view and... Um, the only downside is really no one walks past your room, so people don't get to appreciate your magnets as much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you like the forward facing room then. Was it, uh, we've heard it's pretty spacious actually for an ocean view room. What did you think?
3: Yeah, the wall in the front is actually slanted out. And so that gives you a little more room if you're tall like I'm 6'3". You get you got to lean down and kind of scrouch down to get into the forward part. But uh, it's definitely, even if it's the illusion of space, because it goes out so far from the slant, it feels bigger.
1: Well, I'm curious, we, we kind of... Skipped into your room a little bit, but I'm curious, what were your first thoughts when you pulled up to the Wish? Well, it looks like the same as every other Disney ship, or wow, gleaming, shiny, and new. What, what were your first thoughts?
2: I would say from the outside, it looks, you know, the same as everything else. Obviously, there's the Aqua Mouse, so that looks a little bit different, but it's not, which I, I like. It's still got your Monica Blue. It still has, you know, the red funnels. Like it looks like a Disney ship as it should. Um, but when you go inside, I definitely feel like there is a An aura of newness and shininess to it for sure. What do you think, Drew?
3: Yeah. And since the last ship we had just been on was the Magic, which I think was in need of some updates, it was showing a little rough around the edges in some places. Going on something that is brand spanking new and that they're still like putting finishing touches on. We went to uh, one of the trivias we went to. The person leading it was talking about how between their first contract and the second contract, they had put lights behind all the signs outside of like the venues and things. And so they're like, they're still adding things and upgrading things. So going from the oldest ship in the fleet to the newest ship in the fleet, we could definitely tell a difference.
1: And how was it getting the wishes bigger, so more people? And you were sailing over a holiday weekend, the MLK weekend, so presumably even more people. Was it pretty speedy getting, you know, from arriving at the port to getting on board? Or did you experience some delays?
3: Arriving at the port to getting through security and getting into waiting area was incredibly quick and we had no problems. However, once we got there, there was a pretty long delay before they actually, you know, did the family of the day and started boarding. I don't I don't think we started boarding till like 1230, 1245, maybe. So it, it seemed like there was I don't know what was causing it, but there was something that was causing a, to be quite the delay. And then I think we were group four or five. So once they started rolling, we got on pretty quickly, but it took a little while for them to get started.
0: And Haley, do you know if it was at full capacity? I'm kind of imagining you probably were or were close to it.
2: I think it was because they had the sign up that no port upgrades would be available. Because we did go check on that. We always do just for fine. When you start in the inside stateroom, everything is an upgrade. So you're like, no, we'll go check.
1: <laughs> well, I'm curious, you get on the ship. You've experienced the welcoming into the atrium on three of the other ships in the fleet. This one's a little different. This one's a little different. What did you think of the the one, the Grand Hall? I should say, I've got to rehab my vocabulary here a little bit, the Grand Hall and the Welcome Aboard.
2: Well, I think, I mean, the Grand Hall is, it's impressive just the the size of it. You know, it is very grandiose. They definitely nailed what they were going for with that. Um, you know, part of me still kind of has the fondness for the, the classic ships, the you know, the Art Deco, the Art Nouveau, that kind of vibe to it. Something I wasn't expecting was the the plastic wands that they give you when you board. And we didn't take them because I was like, well, I'm not five. Like we're we're, we're two adults. We, we sail just the two of us um, a lot of times or with other adults. We don't have children. So I was like, you know, that's just another like thing that I don't necessarily need to carry around. But it turned out that they like wanted you to use that for some audience participation later on in the night um, before sees the adventure. So if you like that sort of thing and you're pl- and you're going to be sailing on the wish, even if you're an adult, like take the wand because once you, if you don't get it, then I'm not sure if you could get it again. I, I guess I could have asked at guest services, but I didn't. So anyway, um, you know, that was, that was different.
3: We went in, we we're always on a mission. Uh, you know, we're heading to get Paulo or we're still lowly silver Castaway Club members. So, you know, we don't get anything <laughs> before. So we've got to go try to get it when we get on. Uh, it was weird. It didn't open until, I guess, maybe because of the delay boarding, they w- didn't open the dining reservations to like two or something much later.
1: It was one, but yeah. So you headed to Luna. You probably took care of some dining uh, issues or, or whatnot. So where did you head after?
2: So we ended up actually, in, before Luna, well, we went to Luna and then it wasn't open yet. So then we were like, okay, food. So we went to Marceline Market and went straight for chicken tikka masala, which was delicious.
1: Yeah. What'd you, what'd you think? It's a different design than Cabana's in some ways. I, I, I think it looks nicer. I'll just say that. And I love the coffee bar in there. But what did you guys think of Marceline's Market overall?
3: I agree. Uh, I I liked it better and unpopular opinion. I actually liked it better than the food on deck. I know, which compared to most people is sacrilege, but it's. It, I really enjoyed it. What Haley said, there was a lot of good Indian food that you could get and and seafood and things like that that I just really enjoyed. Plus, I got my little hockey puck cookies that I love. And so I was set.
2: You were happy. They have the hockey pucks. You are a happy man. I'll say they, they also had these really good uh, like crispy pot stickers at the same station with the, um, the tikka masala. So those were very tasty. I mean, I could have just eaten that one station. And I think I pretty much did. I would say it still feels a little more cramped in Marceline Market. Than Cabanas does, which is a downside, but the finishes are all really nice. But I did find myself, oddly enough, missing the soundtrack from Cabanas that is usually playing, where it's like, it's family time. (laughs) And I don't know I just apparently I'm very emotionally attached to that soundtrack because I can remember being in Norway on the Magic back in September going this is music is really a weird vibe when we're in Norway to get all this like Jimmy Buffett and all that
0: right it should be in like the Caribbean or the Bahamas (laughs) yeah Yeah. like
2: we were in the Bahamas in the Caribbean this time and we didn't have the soundtrack so I just felt like well that's just not right
1: (laughs) spoiler alert we now know Haley's uh, favorite Disney song Uh, we'll
0: <laughs> skip her
1: during that segment in, uh, in Rapid Fire. But Haley, something you just said that I wanted to follow up on because in the notes you all sent pre-show, you mentioned narrow hallways, narrow everything. And I think the word you just used was cramped. Did you find things on board to be a little less spacious than you're used to?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I'm the short, tiny one of the relationship. So I'm sure that it was probably felt worse for Drew because he's already feels like he is blocking people's view everywhere he goes.
3: Yes, I am not... Fast and I am not small like Baymax. So I found a lot of the ship's spaces pretty small and, and somewhat hard to move around. It was just I, I agree with cramped. It's like they, they made everything smaller so they could fit more spaces on the ship. And by doing that, all of the space spaces feel too full, especially with the full sailing that we were on. It was like there were people everywhere. All the time. And that's not like how I'm used to with all of our other sailings. Even though it's the biggest ship in the fleet, it felt like the most cramped ship that I've been on, especially the dining rooms. The dining rooms, the rotational dining rooms really felt claustrophobic and kind of like enclosed. And I was like, I can't back up because I will hit the person behind me if I go more than three inches of.
0: Definitely. The way that they're set up in all the main dinings, you are much closer than you are on the other ships. It, it is markedly different for sure. The only one I would say that feels not quite as cramp- it still is quite cramped. It just feels less cramped because of the windows. Is nineteen twenty three? I feel like because of the windows, it makes you it gives the illusion, like you said with your with your window, it gives you the illusion of a bigger space because it has the window. Yeah, we
2: didn't actually. I don't think we even knew there were windows in nineteen twenty three because our table was one of the very first ones. Right when you enter the restaurant, so we just kind of like sat, and I didn't feel like similarly. You're supposed to be able to see. Rapunzel um you know on the outside of the ship from Arendelle but I didn't feel like I could like wander around once I was seated because it was like I will knock into something and it's gonna be a problem so I just felt like and with also with the show going on too it was like I need to just stay put and order my food and you know mind my P's and Q's
3: yeah, and at least where we were in Arendelle, we had a pretty decent view of the stage because I've heard that's not always the case from everywhere you are inside of there. So,
1: Well, let's talk about Arendelle for a minute since we're here. We normally keep food toward the end of the show, but let's talk some restaurants since we're talking about them now. What did you think of the Frozen show in Arendelle and the food?
3: I really enjoyed it because it was almost the same menu that we had one night when we were in Norway. They had a Frozen menu on our Norway cruise. And it was that same one. So I loved the scallop pastry that you got for the appetizer. I love that. And the seafood on the, I don't remember exactly which, which seafood, maybe the sea bass and something else is on that particular menu. But I really liked that menu. That scallop appetizer was one of my favorites of the whole cruise. So
0: good, right? I love that appetizer. They had a, like a, like a, it's, it's like Swedish meatballs is how I think about it. And that's the one that I had. Um, they didn't have it, I don't think, on Frozen Night on the Magic, but they have it in Arendelle. And yeah, what did you think of that one, Haley?
2: I thought the meatballs were really good. Um, I, I don't remember if they had that when we were in Norway or not, but I got it on this cruise and it was really it was really good. I liked the pasta that came with it. Um, I also ordered the Queen of Dunas, Lefsa, or whatever the vegetarian option was. I'm not vegetarian. I just thought it sounded good. And you know, with Disney Cruise Line, you can order whatever you want. Well, if you want to try it, then you just order it and it shows up to your table. So um, I ordered that and I didn't get to finish all of it, but it was also really tasty. So if you are actually a vegetarian, I would imagine that that would be a nice option. It was like hearty, heartier than you would think for a vegetarian option. Because a lot of times I feel like they're kind of not <laughs> someone again who's not a vegetarian. Um, so, yeah, I think if we're power ranking food, Worlds of Marvel is the least good and followed by Arendelle in the middle and then 1923 being the best.
1: What about the show? What about the show in Arendelle? What did you think? You, you said you had a good, a, some good seats there, but Haley, what did you think of the show?
2: It was good. I mean, the, the performers were all really talented. Um, you know, I'm not a six-year-old girl, so I'm, I don't get quite as giddy with the sight of the characters as um, the kids. But the kids all, you know, were really excited, and it's fun to watch kids be excited. We were missing Olaf. There's supposed to be an Olaf who sometimes works and sometimes doesn't, and I guess we got him on an off day.
0: Oh, um, bummer. Maybe,
2: yeah, maybe we that was hearing why we that board on time. I don't know. Maybe they were trying to get Olaf to work.
0: Yeah, we keep hearing that. Well,
1: let's let's head to Worlds of Marvel then. So, kind of a different concept restaurant. I mean, I guess it's as close as you'll get to Animator's Palette on The Wish, but with really no. I mean, some audience participation in a very minimal way, in my mind. <laughs> what did you think of the food and the show in Worlds of Marvel, Drew? Let me start with you.
3: Yeah, the food was, it was good, but nothing, I didn't have anything memorable there. So the food was, I like to call it like nice wedding food. You know, like, I think that's the kind of quality. Everything there met that. Nothing stood out or was outstanding to me at Worlds of Marvel. The show, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a huge Marvel fan. We go to see everything the weekend it comes out. Uh, We love the whole cinematic universe. I still tear up every time I see the scene where uh, Captain America is standing there, and he says, "On your left." And they come through the portal every time, even out of context. It gets me. So I love Marvel, and I thought it was a great show for one time. But I can see, like, if you're going back on this ship a lot and doing these same sailings three and four nights, that they're going to need more shows in there to change it up. Because that show was really awesome that one time. But I'm like, if I see this a few more times, like, it's not. It's going to get old.
1: I share the concern around repeatability. I will also be interested to see what we think of it when we go back on board. I'm also trying to, we really liked The Wish and we kind of evangelized The the Wish a little bit because we enjoyed it so much, but I'm going to be interested to see how much of that was colored by the fact that we were sailing with people that we knew, although I guess we're sailing
0: we're again Both sailing times. with yeah. people we know. <laughs> We're again sailing with lots of people we know. So I Different find, people that we know, but people yeah. we know also. So <laughs> I find
1: sailing with friends always makes the experience better. So I'm going to be interested to see if I can kind of like take that out of the equation a little bit as I think about the wish going forward. But what did you think about 1923? Lots of people seem to like the food there, but, uh, and I think you just ranked it as your favorite in terms of food, but what did you think of 1923 from a food and atmosphere standpoint?
3: Uh, seeing all the artwork and things, uh, I am a designer, so it, it was really neat to see the process and the old, older like designs and things like that. We were on the Walt Disney side, and so we sat right next to the, like the Beauty and the Beast section, which is one of our favorite classic shows. So being able to look up and see that stuff was really cool. I really liked the vibe, and I especially, we didn't do it, and I'm kind of regretting it now, but I wish we would have dressed up like the flapper dresses and everything like that we all several people doing that and now i'm kind of like regretting like we have those outfits like why didn't we do it but i loved 1923 the lamb was really good and the steak was were both really good the potato side for the lamb was much better you just with the steak you just get like a potato mashed potato log and it's pretty dry and flavorless but the steak is delicious
2: yeah i would say the steak makes up for it and i think it also comes with like bacon wrapped asparagus that was good. Um, so that, that made up for the terrible potatoes. I also want to put in a plug for the prosciutto and burrata appetizer in 1923. I love burrata. I'm a cheese person. Like any cheese, I'm, I'm there for the cheese. So that really was my probably my winning appetizer um, for this particular sailing. Um, it was delicious. And I also, I just like the whole, like, like Drew said, the vibe of 1923. I like that they've got the plates that say 1923 on them. You know, it kind of feels, and I guess they had themed, you know, cutlery and plates and stuff in the other restaurants, but I just, I don't know, 1923 was fun. It makes you feel fancy.
3: Yeah, I think it gives off similar vibes that you might get in like Paolo, but without the upcharge and without being adult exclusive and things like that, but it gives you a little bit more of an upscale dining experience that you maybe don't get on like all the shifts and definitely in the other dining rooms on this one, right?
0: So I think we should talk about Pirate Night just a a little bit. I'm going to just put it out there that the difference on a three-night cruise is you're not getting the pirate menu, but you get everything else for Pirate Night. So people do dress up for Pirate Night. But yeah, tell us, what did you think of Pirate Night? There are some obviously pirate-themed activities, and then you've got the deck show and the fireworks.
3: Yeah, I loved, um, we didn't go to the one that's between the mills, the deck show, but we did the late night one, which is the one with the fireworks, the one that was like an 80s rock band group that where they're playing music, uh, but kind of piratizing it. And I really enjoyed that. I was born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s. So it's a lot of the music that I grew up with. And so I really enjoyed getting to see that. And the fireworks were spectacular, like by far the best. The fact that they can shoot them off from both directions is incredible. And uh, just a tip, make sure you're on the port side. They're going to shoot them off the starboard side. So we like to be on the upper deck opposite of wherever they're shooting fireworks off on the ship. So we always go on the upper deck, in this case of port side so that we can watch them shoot the, shoot it off starboard side.
2: Yep. And then you're not having to look like straight up in the air at the fireworks. That We got that tip from uh, the tour guide. We did the walking the wish tour on our, our Nassau day, which was not actually a Nassau day. It became a sea day. We haven't gotten into that yet, but um, yeah, it, the pirate sh- pirate show was fun. Like Drew said, we like to be kind of like one deck above the main action because I'm short. I like being able to see, and I find I can see much better if I stake out a spot on the railing of a deck above. And you know, we're not like be in the middle of it dancing kind of people. So we'll, we'll go up on the, the deck above and, and do that. And definitely the fireworks were the best because we got them coming from two different funnels. Um, No comparison. That was awesome. Made me super happy.
1: Haley, you mentioned the weather wasn't the greatest on the sailing. So uh, talk to us about that for, for a second. Was it hurricane level weather or just uh, lots of rain? What, what was going on?
2: So actually, neither of those. It was just a cold front coming through. And so it was like we kept getting periodic announcements from Captain Andy, who I think is Scottish. Captain Andy, cool guy. Not that I've met him, but he sounds cool over the, over the uh, intercom. But uh, he was t- kept telling us it's 38 degrees in Orlando and here it is 63 degrees. But I mean, it didn't get above about 65 all weekend, and... We tried to dock at Nassau twice on Saturday, which was, uh, you know, day two, our first full day on the cruise. And we were like getting ready for the day in our room and going, "Mm -hmm." we keep like, because we have the front facing window, you know, a porthole from our room. We're going, it doesn't look like we're actually going to dock. And I don't know if it's because we were on, you know, an upper deck or whether it's because we were so far forward, but our shower was juddering and shuddering and like making this horrible racket. As we kept trying to to dock. And I think it was maybe just fighting the the current and the wind. I mean, the wind was blowing like 25 or no, sorry, 50 miles an hour. Like it was high winds. And Captain Andy ultimately ended up deciding that we could not dock safely. And so it became a sea day. But we were actually not planning on getting off in Nassau anyway. Just decided this trip for us was more about experiencing the ship itself. So we were like, we'll just stay on board. And, you know, do the Aquamouse and Trivia and whatever other things we want to do on the ship. So we did um, do the Walking the Wish tour, which you have to book on the app, unlike with the other ships where you can just kind of show up to the Art of the Theme Show tour. You have to book this on the app, which I liked better because you didn't have quite the clump of people all following. Because, you know, Sam and I were on the, the Magic together in September and we did the Art of the Theme Show tour. And there were just too many people on that tour. To be able to actually hear the guide. Oh, and you get to feel like you're like on a group like bus tour or something, because everybody gets their own individual headset with headphones. And you can hear tour guide like talking in your ear, so that she's not having to shout and you're not having to, you know, jockey for position to be able to hear what she's saying. So that was an exceptional detail that they uh, took care of on the Wish that I was like, oh, this is like a
0: game-changing thing. (laughs) I love that. I assume you book it. You're not booking it in advance. You're booking it when you're on board just through the Cruise Line app, the Navigator app. Okay,
2: great. Through the Navigator app. But they because the Wish was built, you know, differently from the other ships, It's even if you've taken the Art of the Theme Show tour on every ship, which we have on all the ships we've been on, there's, you know, a lot of new content here. They don't tell you the Monica Blue story at all. Which is surprising. Uh, so those who have not sailed with Disney yet, take the Art of the Theme Show tour on any ship that is not the Wish and they will tell you about Monica Blue or Google it. Either way.
1: Well, so I'm I'm guessing you did not make much use of the pool deck on this sailing, but did you have any thoughts there? Or did you, it, I think you got to ride the Aquamouse at least, but what were your thoughts on the pool deck?
3: We did ride the Aquamouse on Castaway Key Day, actually. We came back. It was very cold and windy when we were there. So there wasn't a lot. The adult beach was actually closed when we were on Castaway Day. So we headed back for, to the ship eventually and got on the Aquamouse, basically got on, rode it around, jumped out and ran right to the hot tub in the adult section uh, right there on the same deck. It was full, so we were into the heated infinity pool in the back. And that was the only water time that we got to have on this cruise.
2: Yeah. And even when you were like, we got in the heated infinity pool and it felt like, it felt like a sauna when we first got in it because the Aqua Mouse was so cold and we were just like, you know, chatting with people, enjoying it. And then I just got progressively chillier and chillier. And finally I'm like shivering I'm like, can we go to the hot tub? Please? So <laughs> then we get out, we scurry around to the hot tub and luckily we, we, we timed it right. Two people got out right as we were getting to the hot tub because they only have one hot tub. Meanwhile, at the back, I mean, I like that it's at the back. I like that there aren't kids running through it all the time. But I did not like the fact that they have so much space back there dedicated to these like splish splash your feet around pools that are just basically for your feet only. I'm like, you needed like one or two more hot tubs. The little splish splash, you know, two inches of water is like fine. Maybe one of those. But I mean, I know we we didn't have the typical weather, but it was still like, I liked the the setup of it on the back, th- at the back of the ship. I thought that was cool. But spaciousness left a little bit to be desired. I did like that they have those cool circular beds um, that you can lounge on. That was neat. I was really looking forward to taking a book and like hanging out out there and reading. It's hard to read when you're going to blow away. So, you know, we, I, I bailed on that plan very quickly. Um, and it was really like, I was wearing like long pants the whole time and usually like a light jacket. It was just not the kind of weather. And and then with the wind, you go out there and it's just like, this isn't pleasant. This isn't relaxing. We're going to go back inside and find another trivia to go to.
0: I want to know what you all thought of the various like adult bar spaces, because, you know, you guys are a couple without children. So you get to spend all the time that we want to spend in those areas. <laughs> well, we have to put Nathan to bed, and you know, after and I'm going to see the show. Of course, you know, we we didn't really get to spend as much time. We did spend some afternoon time in in several of the adult venues there, but there's a lot of them on the wish. And I'm curious to hear what you all thought. What were your favorites, and and whether or not you even got to go to all of them? Because there's quite a few um, on the wish. Obviously, as we mentioned, smaller. Uh, more venues, but smaller venues.
2: Yeah, so we did not make it to all of them because there are quite a few of them, and you know we could have probably prioritized bar hopping more than we did. Um, we also, and we can talk about this in a little bit, but we also played the the mobile game Disney Uncharted Adventure, start to finish, including the the finale in Luna. We we were committed to doing it, partially because we like figured y'all might want to hear about it. <laughs> we were like. We'll just do it. Why not?
0: It was on our CD. We do it for
3: ourselves. Don't let her. I mean,
0: we did. Well, I, I to want control. to tell you, I, I've been dying to play the Uncharted Adventure. I know that Nathan and I are going to have to do it. And the problem is you can't, I don't think, continue it from one sailing to another. So we're going to have to like commit and do the whole thing on one of the sailings. And if Nathan doesn't want to do the whole thing with me, I'm just going to have to do parts of it by myself. But I am committed. Oh, I I'm going to do it with least-
1: you. I want to okay. see it. Yeah. I have
0: to do it at least once.
1: Yeah. yeah, I would
3: say it took uh, I would say a couple of hours to do everything.
2: Well, there's a lot of like running around the ship, and honestly, like if you haven't been on the Wish before and you like doing mobile games and that kind of thing, it actually I think helps you learn to navigate the ship if you do that mobile game earlier in your sailing because it sends you to a lot of different places, um, and you'll you know figure out kind of how things work because you're if you're used to being on the older ships you come out of the elevators and you can go left or right. But on, on the wish, I found it really like disorienting that you would like basically come out of the elevators and like make a U-turn every time you could U-turn in in one of the two directions. But it wasn't intuitive for me. And I'm not, I'm I'm a little directionally challenged. Drew's like, I got this. Everything's fine. (laughs) But um, anyway, you asked about the bar,
0: so let's go back to the question. Yeah, yeah, we'll go back and then we'll get back to Uncharted eventually. Yeah. after.
2: So um, in terms of the bars, I would say that Hyperspace Lounge was my favorite from a drinks perspective. There was one that was both of our favorite. I ordered the, uh, the Mustafar one, which is kind of like a coconutty martini sort of thing. And then Drew had ordered the Asteroid Belt, which is like mezcal, blood orange, and salted caramel. And it comes with chocolate shavings on top.
1: It's
3: the and best. I- get that one.
2: I had a taste of his and was like, why didn't I order that? Like, I'm not, I I don't do tequila or mezcal. Like I'm not that. That's not usually the kind of drinks I order, but it was really good. You don't really, it doesn't really taste like tequila, which was a win for me. And we ended up going back later because I wanted one of those. Um, And then Drew also got, what was the other one that you got?
3: I got the Tatooine, which was basically an old fashioned and port wine mixed together, which are like two of my favorite things. So it was a really good drink. I love a good old fashioned being from Kentucky. And uh, I love, you know, a good Tawny port as a dessert wine. So, you know... You kind of mix those together, and it came out as a really good cocktail. And it had a frozen ice stormtrooper head in it with a glow cube inside the stormtrooper head.
2: Yeah, we actually we took our Star Wars drinks with us to Star Wars trivia because uh, he reminded me there is no such thing as open container laws when you're on a cruise ship. So if you're you know you're you're, you're not done with your drink, but you've got somewhere else you want to be, you just take it with you. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, DCL Duo fans. You know, we get the question all the time. Should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to MyPathUnwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode what did you think of the theming in hyperspace what yeah what did you think of the theming in hyperspace
3: as someone who frequents ogas meaning we go at least once if not multiple times every time we go it was funny actually this time, one of the waiters recognized us when we were in Oga's before this cruise line. Yeah. <laughs> so we go to Oga's a decent amount. And we went in there. And from a theming perspective, if you compare it to somewhere like Oga's, I don't think there's really any comparison. It's like a nice, it's supposed to be like a nice version, but like I think they could have put a lot more touches into it to make it a lot better themed. Even if you have just got things on the wall and little stuff around. It's all about the little details. And I think that's what it's missing. Because when you go into Oga's, there's like, you can look up and see a different thing. We've been in there a ton of times. I still see new things every time that I go in there and things I didn't recognize before and like little references and things like that. And I think they could have put a lot of that kind of stuff into this bar and made it better. So having said that, I still enjoyed it. I still liked the look. I just think they could have taken the theming a little farther. Since we've seen them do it in places, like, you know, they can do it. So I want them to take it to that
2: level. Yeah. I mean, I think if it had been like a, like a Star Wars version of Trader Sam's or something like that would have been like my ideal scenario if you're going to do a a themed Star Wars bar, but it almost seemed like they were like checking a box with it like okay we got something for the star wars fans moving on it was cool to how that like it jumps to hyperspace while you're you know if you sit there long enough and we sat like at the bar both times because there's only two of us so it's just easier that way but I, you know ogas also has the audience participation factor where like the whole bar might like end up singing a song together or i like that kind of thing i'm a theater kid at heart so you know i miss some of those touches but the drinks i you know i liked that one drink a lot especially
1: how, how crowded was it I'm curious, was it easy to get in and out and grab a drink and sit at the bar for a few minutes?
2: First first day,
3: very busy. So when we first board, everybody goes there. It's packed. There's a line. With, after that, it was walk in. We could sit down. No problem.
2: And I think a lot of people just want to go in and like look at it. But then they realize there's not all that much to look at. And then they leave again pretty quickly. So, you know, we like he said, we didn't have any trouble actually getting to sit down and have a drink in there. Um, we did go to the bayou. That was really pretty. You know, it, it's interesting because the bars are like most of them. You can walk through them. It's just sort of like you pull over to the side of the road and there's a bar, but it's pretty. But there's also trivia happening. There, there were actually a couple of wedding receptions in the bayou um, on our sailing. So we were trying to play the Uncharted Adventure game like off to the side. And we were just like, Terrified that they were going to come and like try to start their reception, and we'd be over there with like Lewis from The Princess and the Frog going, You're really good at playing the trumpet. You know, like <laughs> 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 one of our table mates was the videographer for this wedding. So we were like, We're going to be in his video and it's going to be terrible. So, you know, that was. It's an interesting kind of vibe like that. Drew had a weird drink in Luna that had popcorn in it.
3: Yeah, it was strange. It had bourbon and things in it, but it was covered in popcorn and it was not the best. I wouldn't get it again. I don't even remember what it was. I also had a fruity cocktail there that was better. But again, it might have even been the drink of the day that day. That one was better.
2: Yeah, you, you saw bourbon, and you were like, "Great, I like bourbon." And then it was just like, mm, "No, that's really strange."
3: Like, go get an old fashioned in Hook's Barbary. It's much more expensive, but way better.
2: Yeah, it's like if you want to, if you want to splurge, then you know. Do that, and uh, we. This is probably our first cruise. Really buying a lot of the cocktails. Like I'm normally a person who brings on my own, like ten dollar bottle of white wine, and then like pours it into a wine glass in my room, and then like carries it around the ship with me, which you're not supposed to do. But if anyone, that's what we tell everybody to do. (laughs) Somebody in our Facebook group fussed at me for that. They were like, "If you do that, they're going to take away our privileges." And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think they are. I really don't think they are, and I really don't think
0: that they care that much but how will
1: they ever know that that white wine came out of a bottle in your room and not
0: (laughs) plus plus usually after you finish that glass most people will then order a glass of something at whatever bar or restaurant they happen to be sitting at so they disney makes plenty of money off of alcohol
1: wait so drew did you did you get to experience the old-fashioned at hook's barbary then oh i did yeah It
3: was great. They have a lot of like higher end, you know, bourbons and whiskeys and ryes and all kinds of a big selection. And it's higher end than what you would find in all the other bars um, on the ship. And they'll let you pick it out. I told them I wanted an old fashioned. She was like, I recommend like these three. She made it, you know, and they're doing like all these things. She pulls out these uh, bunches of ingredients is like, I don't have to muddle the ingredients because in this jar, I've already put like the cherry and all of these other things and they've already been processed and put together. So I'm going to put this in there and then mix in the whiskey. And then I'm going to put it in this thing and make a smoke bubble over it. It's going to smoke it and all these things. So it was a pricey cocktail, but by far the best cocktail I had on the ship.
1: Well, we can't avoid talking about shows because Sam is here uh and so how did you find the shows on board the wish
0: Haley we have to throw this to you because you're the show person no offense Drew not that we don't care what you think about shows, but I care what Haley thinks more. <laughs> so let's
1: go Let's go get a drink in Hyperspace Lounge. We'll be back <laughs> in about 10 minutes.
0: A, you you guys, guys go to Hooks yeah. and get an old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah, go make, go make <laughs> yourselves an old-fashioned. Um,
2: no, I thought the shows were good. Um, Seize the Adventure was really, really fun. Um, I was just excited because it was two of the three shows were things we had never seen on any of the other ships. Like Seize the Adventure is unique to, Seize the, Adventure is unique to the Wish, and The Little Mermaid is unique to The Wish. And then Aladdin is not unique to The Wish, but I mean, Aladdin's great. So C.C. Adventure is so cute um, and it, you know, is about The Wish. So that's fun. It's, you know, not uh, as like cheesy, I guess, as some of the other kind of like Believe or Disney Dreams can be. Um, So I really enjoyed that. Um, It's fun to see it focus on one of the Fab Five. Um, Goofy's the, the main character and Captain Minnie also features prominently. So that was really, really fun the little mermaid was good and i should say the performers were outstanding i mean it was the same performers who were in all of the um all three of the shows so you would kind of like go be going oh wasn't that ursula isn't she now being so-and-so like that was kind of interesting seeing people who were like the leads in some shows becoming minor characters in the other shows but the walt disney theater is really cool because it can kind of transform the whole space based on what the show is. So it like when you're doing Little Mermaid, it looks like you're underwater. And when you're doing Aladdin, it looks like Agrabah. So that was really a cool feature as well that you don't have on the classic ships. And so the Little Mermaid, like I said, was good. It wasn't as good as the other two. I know there's been much made of this treasure chest, which is just like a very gigantic set piece that serves minimal purpose in the story but is just there taking up a lot of space and you're just like is that going to be a thing and it's not much of a thing um and then aladdin is just always really fun the genie you know updates the jokes like very often so there were jokes about things that i felt like happened like the previous week that the genie was joking about um but but of course they were all great shows um we definitely always try to see all of them especially the ones we haven't seen before um drew do you want to add anything to that
3: so seize the adventure was really good uh, if you compare it to other variety shows like the golden mickeys and things like that which kind of what it is i think it's better than uh, all of those i really like i liked the costumes of the little mermaid how they kind of like make them have like a fin that kind of connects to their hand and things so i thought the costuming of the little mermaid was really good they use a creative way to kind of show that they have a fin but still they're on their feet walking around. I know in some productions of The Little Mermaid, they've skated around on roller skates and things. And obviously that would prove problematic on a ship. So I like the way they approached that and uh, did it and dealt with that on the ship. But overall, uh, The Little Mermaid was definitely the lowest of the three. Um, it's just, it didn't strike the same chord that the others did the more variety show just had a lot more energy and it was a lot more upbeat and and brought a lot more to it and then aladdin i think you've got people like the genie who comes in and no matter if i saw it now or i saw it a week ago that show's always going to be a little more unique and different every time you see it. And so I think because of that, it kind of ranked The Little Mermaid third on my list. And I just like Aladdin more. So anytime I get to see that show, it's going to be a little higher on my list.
1: You know, we mentioned earlier in the show that you had done, you'd both done Uncharted Adventures, which is a new experience. Something akin to Midship Detective Agency, but different. What did you think of Uncharted Adventures, Haley? Let me start with you.
2: Um, I'll preface this by saying I'm not a video game person. I don't play video games. My hand-eye coordination in that department is not great. And um, any, there's a lot of activities in mid, uh, not Midship Detective Agency, in Uncharted Adventure where you're doing almost like Mario Kart esque things with your phone. And you're having to follow your, your character on the screen. And the, if you're playing with anybody else, their character will also be on the screen. And if you're me, then you get very distracted and forget which one is yours. And then you just perform very badly because you are getting lost on the page there. I would say I probably rate it like maybe a, a six, six and a half out of ten. Um, with 10 being like amazing. Um, I think if you have kids that like video games or adults who like video games like Drew, um, it'll probably be more fun. It was a fun way to occupy our unexpected day at sea with the weather. And it's a fun way to kind of learn your way around the ship. And I think that the the 30 minute live finale um, that happens in Luna is kind of an event. There's, you know, without giving too much away, there's a cast member that kind of leads that effort um, that's in character and that was kind of fun. And, you know, there was a good crowd in Luna for that experience, which made it kind of fun to do that. So
0: wait, when did, when did that happen? Because I, I'm curious because I would imagine they probably don't want to do it multiple times throughout the cruise. So when, when did they do this live portion in, in Luna? Cause a lot of people would uh, I presume would be trying to get the, get it done on the first couple days, but I don't know that.
2: Yeah. I think that it was like five o'clock on the like last full day of the
3: cruise. Yeah. It was right before the first din- dinner seating on the last day.
2: Yeah. You know, and I think without the finale, it would be kind of a letdown. Like I feel like you kind of need the finale to feel like it was worth something. <laughs> Otherwise you're just playing like a series of Mario Kart arcade sort of games, I guess. Mini games. Sort of. Yeah. Mini yeah. games
0: like in Mario party.
3: Yeah, Mario yeah. Party more than Mario Kart. Yes. Okay, so
2: that tells you how much I how little I know about video games.
3: It was uh, a real interesting experience. If you've done any kind of AR experiences or played any AR game before, um, all the movements, all the interactions are going to be familiar with you. You're using your screen, you're holding it up, and then sometimes uh, what you're doing on your phone is related to what is going on on the screen. Sometimes you're just kind of like using your phone as like a steering wheel or something like that. So it, it kind of just depends on what that exact minigame is. One interesting thing I noticed, they have the adventures broken up into like four little different constellations, and that's where you're going to get the pieces of the wishing star. But in the finale, only three of those four are represented. I think it was Tiana's that wasn't, but one of them wasn't. And I wonder if If maybe down the line, if they're going to have this on other ships, and maybe there's one game section that might be exclusive to different ships. So maybe if you go on The Wish, you get to do the Tiana's section. If you go on uh, The Treasure that's coming, maybe there's a new section uh, on that ship. So I thought that was an interesting little detail that I caught. I did beat Haley in score. And when we went to the final, you have to play, do some of those games and things when you're at the final. And then it shows like who is at the top in the room, and I think I was at the top of all but one of them. So I was given all the kids there a run for their money.
0: How many quests do you have to do in order to get to the finale?
3: There are four quests. Um, That's why I I think it took us approximately uh, two hours, so probably about thirty minutes for each quest, and then the finale was about half an
0: hour. So, how what would you give it as far as a rating, Drew? Since you're the you're the gamer between you and Haley, Haley gave it a six out of ten, so she's giving it kind of only slightly above average. So, what what would you rank it?
3: I mean, I think it depends. Like if you rank it up against, you know, the high quality graphic games that you can play on a high end computer or on like an Xbox or a PlayStation or something like that. That's not really a fair comparison because they can go in a lot more depth and put a lot more mechanics and things in that. So, like, if I'm comparing it to that, it would rate pretty low. If I compare it to other AR games that I've played, like Pokemon Go and things like that, it's, you know, somewhat more involved. And uh, there's a little more to it than there is just going out and throwing a Pokeball at a bunch of Pokemon. I think Haley's rating is fair, maybe like a 7. There's sometimes when I was like trying to turn and tilt and things like that that like I don't know if it was my phone or the screen like it sometimes it was delayed sometimes it just didn't get my input and things like that and I think those are some of the things from my perspective being an interaction designer that knock it down a little bit when I give input to a device and that device does not then transfer that input to whatever I'm working on and whatever I'm doing that'll knock it down a little bit for me and I think that was the biggest thing, holding it back. I think it was a cute story. It was fun to play. There there were probably certain aspects I would love to go back and replay. There are also some of the games that I found kind of annoying and didn't enjoy as much. So that's kind of my review. I think above average is fair.
1: So let me start to wind us down a little bit here and, and have two kind of final questions. So the first question is, What was one thing you think they got really right on board the Wish? And what's one thing you're hoping, perhaps desperately hoping, that they change on the treasure? Let me start with you, Drew.
3: One thing I think they got right was the aesthetics. I really liked all the aesthetics of the different spaces. I liked the Art Nouveau and Art Deco style of the old ships, but I also liked this new Style. It felt like, you know, I was in some parts of the park as I was walking through the different aspects of the ship. And I love the Disney parks where APs at Disney World. So we like to go all the time. So getting that kind of feeling on the ship was pretty cool because it's not something I always get with the older ships. I think there's still room to improve, like Hyperspace Lounge. It was good. That's a good start. But you could take it even further like you had in the bayou and some of the other places, the rows and things like that. And then one thing I would improve, i we talked about it earlier and it's just it's the thing that keeps coming back to my mind as a bigger person six foot three the narrow spaces like everywhere felt too small i'd rather have fewer spaces and bigger spaces than a bunch of narrow spaces
2: well i was i was thinking aesthetics for one thing so i'll i'll pivot and say something else that occurred to me about the wish and we were talking about this on our way home actually we drove so we had a lot of time in the car to reflect on our experience So anyway. Something that was cool about the wish that you don't get on the other ships is that the wish is almost like its own character. Um, there's a lot of experiences on the wish that are very like self referential to you being on the wish. So that's kind of a cool touch and it, it makes you feel like, ah, oh, like this is like a special, cool place and in a way that you don't really get on the on the classic ships, the older ships. And as far as room for improvement, I've got to agree with Drew about the size of the spaces. And it is a larger capacity ship than, um, you know, especially the magic and the wonder, but even the dream and the fantasy, it's a larger capacity than those. And I think maybe they were going for intimacy, maybe they were just trying to go for, you know, as much variety as possible, but it kind of did the opposite for me. And it made it feel more crowded rather than less crowded, even though I did appreciate the variety. Um, So
3: also, I'm sure someone needs a new Tag Heuer or Breitling watch on the cruise ship. I don't. And we <laughs> can high in shopping space and a little more Mickey's Mainsail shopping space.
1: So I want to ask one last question and then I'm going to hand you over to Sam, which is not would you sail on the Wish again, but would you recommend to a friend looking to sail on Disney Cruise Line that they sail on the Wish?
2: Ooh, that's a great question. I, I do think that the ship was designed well for a first time cruiser. Um, there's a lot of variety and a lot of like novelty to the experience. And if you're not already kind of married to or nostalgic for the the classic and maritime nautical feel of the other ships, then you don't really know what to expect. And especially if you're comparing it to something like a Royal Caribbean ship where there's a lot of well, bells and whistles and flashiness, I think that it would be a great a great place to start Do I think it's worth 20% more money than the other ships? I'm not sure that I'm willing to to commit to that at this point. So your mileage may vary on what your budget is in that situation. Yeah,
3: I agree with Haley um, on both accounts. First time cruiser, absolutely. Uh, If you have no frame of reference, it's a great first experience to go around and see all the stuff. If you're not a first time cruiser, just wait for that premium to come off. Once that premium comes off and it's the same as what kind of what the dream was running at more or less. I think absolutely get on it, experience the new things. There's all kinds of new experiences and fun to be had, new shows to be seen. So I would definitely advise getting on it. I just, if, if money is a thing and that extra 20% may be a, an inhibition to your ability to get on the ship, just wait till that comes off and then absolutely get on. It.
1: Well, I think we've reached that point in the show, Sam, where I need to hand Drew and Haley over to you for some arbitrary rules, some even more arbitrary questions, and a dash of judgment or the round we know as rapid fire. So, Sam, take it away.
0: Thank you. Haley and Drew, you have both played Rapid Fire a couple of times, I believe, at this point. So we're going to still do our classic Rapid Fire, but I'm going to throw out the character movie song questions. And we're going to just focus on the Disney Cruise Line questions because now you have four ships in your in your repertoire. Obviously, you haven't been on the Dream yet. You're going to be on this summer. And so I want to see if any of your favorites have changed. So we're going to start really at a, a very important place, which is a favorite show. Drew, what is your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show?
3: I think it's Frozen. It's just the, uh, the effects and I've always liked the songs, even, you know, when, you know, it might not have been popular, especially for someone of my age and things to uh, like Frozen. But I've always liked Frozen. And I really loved how they did it where, you know, the effects like go up on the walls and things like that. I just really like the whole staging uh, and things that they did for Frozen. And I really enjoyed that show.
0: All right, Haley, what is your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show? I was actually going to say Frozen 2. <laughs> Frozen, <laughs> well, Frozen
2: as well. Frozen 2, the movie, is not a stage show on Disney Cruise Line. So, yeah, Frozen was really, really excellent. Um, the, the Olaf puppet, the Sven puppet, you got to love them. I'll give an honorable mention, shout out to Tangled. I wish that I had been more awake for it. Those European sailings are kind of exhausting because they, you've got very active port days and you've got jet lag on top of it. Um, so I, from what I was awake for of Tangled,
0: that was also excellent.
3: <laughs> we saw Tangled after we had hiked several miles, so we were pretty tired. We, <laughs> we, did,
0: we did do that. All right. What is your favorite bar? Now you can choose across the fleet, um, other than obviously the Dream. What's your favorite bar space on Disney Cruise Line? Haley, let's start with you.
2: So we didn't actually have a drink here when we were on The Wish, but I was really taken with the, the Rose outside of Apollo and Enchante. Um, it, we, we went in there on our impromptu sea day and just a whole wall of looking at the ocean and all the finishes are just so beautiful and glamorous. and Um, I loved the vibe in there. And uh, the next time we make it on The Wish, I definitely want to have a drink in there.
0: That was really pretty. Drew, what's your favorite bar space? To get a drink
3: at, I'm probably going to go get an old-fashioned at Hook's Barbary. Or actually sitting down. I actually just like the O'Gills and that uh, kind of class. I like hanging out in those sports bar areas and getting a drink. And there's just usually like, there's a lot, usually something going on in there. And there's usually a lot of energy in there. And I kind of, I like being around people, but not necessarily having to interact with people as an introvert. And so that's a good space for, to kind of get that energy.
0: Okay. Favorite rotational dining. Haley, which one is your favorite now?
2: Aesthetically, I love the Tangled restaurant, Rapunzel's Royal Table or whatever it's called on the magic. But I think the show takes it actually down a little bit because it's too loud. Um, I'm old lady over here at the age of 31. So my favorite, I'm going to say, I just always love animator's palette. Like it just feels like Disney Cruise Line to me and it makes me happy. So that's what I'm going to go with.
0: Fair enough. All right, Drew, what's your favorite?
3: Tiana's Place. I love the menu. It's unique. The food is great. The atmosphere is great with them up there playing jazz music. And then Louie comes around and walks around. And that's all fun. The atmosphere is great. And I I like that the food is unique. And you only get it there. And I love Cajun food. And I know it's not like real New Orleans Cajun food, but it's the closest I can get on a cruise ship. So (laughs) I'm going to pick Tia. Nice.
0: Yeah, that's that's Brian's favorite. So and for all the same reasons that you mentioned, Drew. All right. This might be controversial. Aqua Duck versus Aqua Dunk versus Aqua Mouse. Drew, we're going to start with you.
3: Duck all the way. It's, I think, the best ride um, of all three of them. And Mouse is you know, kind of fun going up uh, when you're seeing that show, but two of the screens weren't working when we were writing. So, like, we, we still had the audio, but I don't know what was going on. So, that kind of is it a little bit. Um, and then the dunk, I wrote it once. And for me, that was enough. I had water <laughs> go right up my nose and my mouth, everything as soon as that floor falls out. And I was like, that was a one time experience. I'm good.
1: <laughs> to be fair drew you have more momentum behind you than most riding the aqua Duck. <laughs> a lot more momentum than most
0: all right Haley, what about you um i have to agree
2: with drew's power ranking there um the aqua duck is the best even though i haven't ridden it in a long time i'll i'll get to re- refresh myself on that um on the dream this summer because we will not be in norway and it won't be cold <laughs> <So we're gonna laughs> it'll be, be warm We will be able to actually enjoy the the slide a little bit more aqua mouse i mean everything he said and then agree about the aqua dunk i did not enjoy water up my nose and just spraying in my face the entire time i just felt like i was sort of being waterboarded or something just sort of spluttering all the way it was like okay i tried it been there done that good to go oh uh,
0: yeah all right i want to know on the wish what your favorite savory food was and your favorite sweet food so Haley, what was your favorite savory let's start with
2: I think I've got to go with the filet mignon from 1923. It's a popular choice for a reason. It's um, it's tasty. We'll forget, we'll forget it's dry potato friend side, but the, the steak itself
0: <laughs> um, is, is very good. All right. Drew, what was your favorite savory? I'm
3: going. This is part of the reason why I ranked Marceline Market above the outdoor food stalls. And it was the Indian food, the tikka masala in the stand. Uh, it was delicious and I loved it. So awesome.
0: Okay, so we'll start with you, Drew. What was your favorite sweet food?
3: Uh, sticky date pudding. And I got it twice because it was in Marceline Market again. It's another notch up on it for me. I was so surprised when I walked down to that dessert section and they had the sticky date pudding. I was like, twice in one cruise? This is <laughs> great.
0: All right, Haley, what's the sweet item for you?
2: I really liked the um, the Fuji apple cheesecake thing in 1923. Ooh. That was really good. I, that yeah. was only two dessert nights. I got that and the churros, and they were both delicious. Highly recommend. Yeah. When on vacation, get two desserts. Go for it.
0: <laughs> Always. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you another controversial question. Now that you've been on the Wish, which one is your favorite ship? Haley, we'll start with you.
2: My favorite ship um, remains my first love the fantasy. I like the the balance of things to do versus ship size. And I love the theming of Europa, the adult only area, like all of those spaces just spark my imagination, the carousel bar, like it's just a really fun environment. Anyway, that's my favorite ship for sure. All right, Drew,
0: what is your favorite Disney Cruise Line ship?
3: It's honestly probably also the Fantasy, but since Haley already touched on one, that one, I'll give you my very close second, which is the Wonder. You've got the French Quarter Lounge. You've got Tiana's. And I think it's funny. I think those are the two with the same art style, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. We just really like Art Nouveau,
0: apparently. Yeah. We
3: just really like Art Nouveau because they have the same art style. Whether it's the old ship or the new ship, those for some reason tend to be our favorites.
0: All right, you guys. Now, the last question, it's the same question I always ask. Your bucket list cruise could be anywhere in the world. Doesn't even have to be someplace Disney Cruise Line currently goes to. Drew, we'll start with you.
3: Yeah, so uh, mine probably was Norway the last time we talked because that was at the top of my I want to go there no matter how I get there list was Norway. So, now that I've checked that one off, it's honestly still up there. I want to go back. I talk about it all the time. You can ask Haley. So, I would not say no to another Norway trip in a heartbeat. But if I'm picking something different, I'm going to stay in that area and do the British Isles, Iceland, Reykjavik, you know, all up in that Scotland, Ireland, do that whole uh, sailing. So, that that's probably the one I'm li- that or the Greek Isles are probably my next two I'm, I'm trying to hone in on. <laughs>
2: All
0: right, Haley, what's your bucket list?
2: So Sam's laughing because uh, for those of you that don't have the video, I just uh, put my finger over my lips shushing Drew as he said Greek Isles because he was stealing my answer. You only needed to give one answer, sir. <laughs> <laughs> is, is the Greek Isles and like Croatia kind of that part of the Mediterranean? Um, that would be awesome. Can you tell which one of us likes a warm climate? Because I think Mediterranean was my, my, my one on my last uh, time. <laughs> on the podcast. So, Drew is like never cold and I'm always cold. So we have a theme here. I'm like, take me somewhere warm.
1: Well, Drew, Haley, always fun to have you on. Always fun to get a chance to catch up with you. I really hope we find ourselves sailing with you again at some point in the near future. But for now, I'll just say thank you so much for coming on and talking all about The Wish with our listeners and your thoughts. And uh, we look forward to having you back soon. Thanks so much.
2: Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. We do have another five-star review to read on the air this week from Apple Podcasts. This one comes from Mrs. Jeff 99 who writes helpful and fun. One of my favorite things to do is plan family vacations from Walt Disney World to national parks to everything in between. I researched the tar out of our upcoming vacation destinations with our family's first cruise booked on the Disney dream. The DCL duo is my favorite DCL theme podcast to learn about what to expect on our cruise. Brian and Sam are excellent hosts and I've picked up so many helpful tips along the way. Thank you both for this incredible resource. Well, thank you for that incredible review. We really appreciate it. And we're glad you're picking up some great tips and tricks for your first Disney Cruise and thanks so much for listening. With that, just thanks once again for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us. Or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402 402- Four one three five five nine zero, And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Dual Podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.